0: But the very first chapter started with crazy. And the very first chapter, the very first page, Finn, who is the reincarnation of the Phoenix, dies. (laughs) Because I started this book going, what? (laughs) Um, Because he just, he dies. And then he's reborn, essentially. But I didn't know that. And I was like, well, we're starting off with a bang. Somebody's already dead.
1: Everyone and welcome back to family fiction with Hallie
0: and Carmen switching it up today again so <laughs> if you are watching on YouTube then you will notice another background change <laughs> because we cannot decide what we want to do um we did a beanbag last time I have a big beanbag and that was fine but I didn't like not having back support. Yeah. And then the way you had to sit was like sideways. It wasn't working. So we're sitting in my kitchen. Um, So we're in my kitchen. My parents are gone for a while. So um, yeah, we're filming this in here today. Um, So if it sounds a little different, it's probably because there might be a slight echo. <laughs> but that's okay. Um, Yeah. Once I move out, (laughs) we'll have a designated podcast spot, but for right now, it's going to be a little bit different every single week. (laughs) Um, If you're just listening to this, then, which everyone listening to this for the first time is only listening to it, so it probably won't be any different for you, but if these ever go on YouTube, that's when things will be crazy, if we ever put it on YouTube. I haven't quite decided if I want to or not. I doubt Carly would want her episode up on YouTube, <laughs> man. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I ever want to put these to YouTube because there's only two podcasts I listen to that I watch them on YouTube. So I don't know. Um, but yeah. So today we're going to be talking about our March wrap ups, if you couldn't tell already from the title. So if you are joining us for the first time, basically this is when we, you know, discuss the books that we read this month. Um, And Hallie and I have come to a decision that we are no longer going to be giving TBRs. (laughs) I've been saying this for months because me personally, my opinion,
1: I hate TBRs because I hate setting goals for myself and then never completing it.
0: Well, and honestly, like I've been completing my TBR. This is the first month that I have it. But it does put a lot of pressure on myself because I'm like... If I'm hitting a little bit, because sometimes I'll hit like mini reading slumps yeah. where I just don't want to read for a few days. And then that stresses me out because I'm like, oh, I don't have my TBR done. I've got to get it done. So we're not setting TBRs anymore. I am going to set a personal TBR purely for the books that I have on my 2023 t- TBR. Mm-hmm. So like here are the books from my 2023 TBR that I want to read this month. But other than that, I'm going to kind of just like pick up off my shelf, whatever book looks interesting to me.
1: Yeah. And I think what happens to me is because I have to read not only stuff for school, and then I get so sidetracked with other things like not getting an F in college. Um, and no, priorities, just, yeah, priorities to the point where I just sometimes I'm so exhausted that I just don't want to read or I just completely forget about like, oh, I have a TBR, and, but I think it'll get a little bit easier for me, considering I'm on the downhill stretch of college, thank goodness, of my first year, so
0: hopefully it'll get easier, praying it does. Almost time for a summer vacay, hallelujah. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of the same thing with me, with, like, work, and with muggle net things, like, I feel like I've been really behind on some muggle-nut things because of this. Um, and I really don't think that I am that behind, but I feel behind because I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, d- d- which task can I complete? Because <laughs> there's like three different things happening at once. But yeah, I think it'll relieve the pressure. Um, plus, most of the books I'm wanting to read off my 2023 TBR are audiobooks, and I listen to those while I'm at work. Um, so my physical TBR will be pretty easy to conquer because it'll just be whatever book i want to read that month um yep so yeah no more tbrs we might give you like i want to read this book this month maybe we should give like one book we're gonna read each month okay do you want just one just just one do you want to do that sure should we do that Let's do it. Um, Well, and I'll probably talk about, because I have a big 2023 TBR, so I might even give like, here's the books from that that I'm going to read this month. So we'll give many TBRs. (laughs) Um, They are subject to change. But um, did you set a 2023 TBR? No, I did not. Okay. I have some, but they're mostly rereads, so that's why I'm listening to them, but... Some complicated things happened this month with my TBR and it kind of branches over into next month. Some um, complicated things happened to me that caused me to push books to next month. Yeah. So what would you like to do first? Currently reading or one book you're going to read next month? Let's do our currently readings. Okay. So currently reading, I am reading cruel, the cruel Prince by Holly black. Mm. I started it last night at nine o'clock. I stayed up till 1130. I read a hundred pages. And then I was like, I have to go to bed because I have church in the morning. And it's that good. That's what I thought. See, here's
1: the thing. I had the Coral Prince before. And then I got rid of it because I never got around to reading it. And that was a huge mistake. Because as soon as I got rid of it, it blew
0: up and everybody was reading it. It was like slightly popular when I got it. And it sat on my shelf forever, and then I had seen some like mixed reviews on it about like the way that Cardan is. Yeah, because apparently he's an awful person, and so I was like, I don't really know if I want to read this, so I got rid of it. And then, like Callie said, it blew up, and so we both bought it recently. I started it last night, and it's we bought so good. So and far. we bought
1: Shatter Me because yes. I originally had the whole series. I believe I had the whole series before the last book came out. And then I got rid of all of it because I started Shatter Me and then I never finished it because I thought it was terrible. But then it blew up
0: again and I was like, why is everybody reading yeah. this? That's the same. Like, we both, yeah, we both bought Shatter Me again because I read the first book and I liked it, but it was kind of corny. But I've decided to give it another shot purely because what was my number one description of A Court of Thorns and Roses? Corny. Yes. Cheesy. So... And a lot of people say that it gets better after the first book. And I'm like, oh, so it really is. Akatara, because of Court of Mist and Fury. So um, decided to give it another shot at some point this year. But I'm reading The Cruel Prince. I'm 100 pages in. It's already so good. Like, I really didn't want to stop reading. But I, it was like 1130 going on midnight. And I knew that if I didn't put it away, I was going to be rugged <laughs> the next morning. Cause here's the thing. Here's something that y'all probably don't know about me. I am 25 going on 95. I need my sleep. <laughs> I usually go to bed around 9:30, 10 o'clock. Yes. So 11:30 was very late for me. So, but what are you currently reading, Hallie?
1: So I am currently reading *The Priory of the Orange Tree* by Samantha Shannon, and. I've only read two chapters and you can look at my book and you can see how like it's I've read this much <laughs> y'all can't see me but that's a pretty good amount it's tiny t- amount. how how long are the chapters
0: they're pretty long Jeez. there's see al- that's one thing I like about the Croak prince is that it's short chapters I love short
1: chapters yeah. the inheritance games was that way mm-hmm. but here's the thing the book when you you look at the book and you're like oh my gosh that is huge it's really not as huge as people make it out to be like it's only like 70 something chapters compared to like kingdom of ash which is like a hundred and it's like way smaller and i think the re the reason prior the orange tree is so big is because if you look at the margins on the pages they're really big so that also contributes to it and also just the font could also be a contributor but yeah I read, um, I read like two chapters and I mean, it's good. Like I'm pretty much intrigued, but right now my biggest issue is that there's already so many names that have been dropped that I'm like, I can't keep track with who's who. And that's, yeah. that's sometimes my issue with that. that was like Game of Thrones. Yeah, That's what I told her. I was like, it's like Game of Thrones. There's so many names that are thrown out there. I'll tell you how bad it is. This book has a glossary of characters. Oh no. It has a timeline. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, and it has a glossary of words that people probably don't like aren't familiar
0: with. And yeah, it's it's insane. See, was it House of the Dragon? Game of Thrones had that. I'm pretty positive Game of Thrones had that and they had like the family the families and like yes joffrey belongs to this family john belongs to this family like they had the family trees in their books and so yeah, that was
1: i mean i like that in a in like an epic fantasy like this it's helpful yeah but it can also be stressful
0: it's overwhelming
1: yeah it's very overwhelming but i would say so far i like the story i can i'm really curious to see where it's gonna go
0: but yeah that is my currently reading all right next agenda <laughs> Um, okay. One book I'm going to read next month. I don't know. (laughs) Do you have one in mind? I
1: actually do. So, and you're actually going to be very excited because I am finally, finally going to start Crescent City. Yay! Oh, I'm so happy. I have, I have both books. I've had them for a while and I'm just, in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm just waiting for a release date on Crescent City 3. That way, once I know a release date, I can start. That way I don't have the anxiety of when a release date's gonna be. So I'm gonna start House of Earth and
0: Blood in April, and I am so excited. Good luck. (laughs) It's emotional. Oh, I can't wait for you to start it. So Emily, when she started it, was like, this world building is crazy. There's a lot of characters, a lot of world building. But, I mean, I think... If you read it, like, you're reading it the same way I did of, I have all of the akatar knowledge and all of the, uh, Throne of, Glass. Throne of Glass knowledge, so it makes Crescent City a little less crazy, because mm-hmm. you're kind of used to the way Sarah writes, but yeah. it's very emotional. I will say,
1: though, um, get ready for some texts in our book group chat, because there will yes. be a bunch.
0: Me, Emily, and Hallie have a book group chat where we talk about our favorite books that we're reading. Yep. Um. But I did actually come up with one. So, technically, the clearer choice answer would be The Cruel Prince, since it is on next month. But I'm going to give a less obvious answer and say Beautiful Disaster by, I think it's Jamie McGuire. Uh, the movie is coming out, and it's the same production company that made the after movies. Oh. I want to say it might be the same producers. I could be wrong on that. But it's got Dylan Sprouse in it. Ooh. And the premise is, like, they make a bet. Based off of the movie trailer, they make a bet. Basically, he's a fighter. And she makes a bet with him that if, if the guy doesn't land. He says if the guy doesn't land a punch on him, like if he never hits him, then she has to move in with him for, like, I think there was, like, a time period on it. I can't remember. I think it was a month. Oh, you told me about this. And if the guy lands a hit on Dylan Spross' character, she... I can't remember what her side of the bet was. But the guy doesn't land a hit, and so she has to, like, move in with him. And I'm just, like, I'm ready. Ready to jump back in. But it looks really good, and it honestly, like, does give me after vibes. And I... For those of you who don't know, I was obsessed with After. I read all four books. Those four, those books are hefty. They're thick, all except for the last one. Um, But I read all of them in a week and a half. That's how good they were. And the movies, I'm obsessed. Like, they don't match the books that great. They match them decently. Like, they're not horrible. But I'm obsessed with the movies too. And, like, I love Hero Finds Tiffin. Anyways, um, I'm a big Dylan Sprouse fan, so I'm very excited. It looks really good. I think it'll be a cute movie, um, and so that is one book that I am planning to read this month. Um, And then obviously, Girlfriends. Good, solid. So, would we like to jump into our wrap ups? It looks like one, two, three, four, five. Uh, well, no. Hold on,
1: six. Well, no. Technically, no, because I DNF'd one, so. Well, I may have more than you, considering I
0: read a lot of manga volumes. Well, was it Hell's Paradise? Yes. Okay, so why don't we do, like, whenever you get to Hell's Paradise, I'll talk about both of these. Gotcha. Other than that, we can talk about individuals. Yep, sounds good. Would you like to start us off, or would you like me to start why don't you start? Okay. We're switching it back. I up. need to give like a brief overall of this month's TBR. Okay. <laughs> so if you listened to our episode where we discussed our TBR, that was the episode with Liz um discussing Bookstagram and BookTalk. I was having to remember for a second. Um, I had said that I was going to include in my TBR. Um, The Last Hours Trilogy, which is Chain of Gold, Chain of Iron, and Chain of Thorns by Cassandra Clare. Well, so I used Libby um, to listen to my audiobooks, and I was going to listen to these. Well, Libby, (laughs) apparently everybody else in America had the same idea, Um, so I was going to have to wait forever for these books to hit my Libby. Um, So when I signed up To borrow it because it works on like a borrowing system it told me that chain of gold wouldn't be available for the next like seven weeks chain of iron was 11 chain of thorns is even further um now that is always like a rough estimate that they give you so all that I actually got to this month was chain of gold chain of iron got added to my libby a few days ago so and this is the second that we're recording this on, so it just didn't make it in time. So Chain of Iron and Chain of Thorns are getting moved to my March TBR. Sorry, April TBR. I was about to say <laughs> I hate doing that. Um, they're getting moved to my April TBR. So all that I actually got to was Chain of Gold in this trilogy, which can't be helped.
1: These no. things happen. So
0: I'm okay with that. That's fine. Also yes okay yeah okay so a quick moment to discuss too is also I decided to read Trick Mirror by Gia Tolentino um and I'm gonna be honest I DNF'd it I was really sad that I DNF'd it because I got this book solely because Jane Sloan my favorite character from The Bold Type mentioned it in The Bold Type that she had read it so I was like oh this is gonna be a like a world-renowned book and it really like the content that it had it's a non-fiction the content that it had just wasn't it wasn't anything that interested me so when I went to read it I was just kind of like trying my best to get through it but I never did and I really I just couldn't do it um I think one of the main reasons it was mentioned in the show was because the author is a writer for the New Yorker. And in the show, Jane is a writer for Scarlet magazine. And so I want to think that they probably mentioned it because of that reason. Um, but yeah, I just didn't do it for me. So I DNF'd it. Um, so we'll be making its way to McKay's at some point. <laughs> um, but the first actual book that I have on my March wrap up, it's Persuasion by Jane Austen, and this book. Okay, so Hallie and I—we've set up a template for our March wrap-ups. Okay, um, so the synopsis for Persuasion: Anne Elliot lost the love of her life eight years earlier, and the sorrow lingers on. Yet the dashing Captain Wentworth did not desert her. It was Anne who rejected him because she was persuaded that she could make a better match. She never did. Suddenly, life deals them a second chance. Anne and Wentworth meet again on the social circuit. He acts coolly and even openly courts a younger woman, yet Anne remains painfully alert for the slightest hint that their love might be rekindled. Um, And this was Jane Austen's last novel that she published. But I can now see why people were upset with the Netflix adaptation cuz it is very different um i love too like this is only the second jane austen book that i've read but i love that her male lead characters are like the most i want to say they're like darcy but darcy is obviously like but they're like that reserved male character that's just like doom gloom eeyore of life and I just love it I think it's funny but um so I wanted to give trigger warnings for each of our books too I meant to come up with them and I forgot to write them down so this is going to be on the fly as far as trigger warnings for this goes I don't know if there was any real like there probably is I'm sure there is Um, But none of them are coming to mind. I want to say death, but I don't think anybody died. Are you looking it up? Uh, Yeah. Trigger warnings for persuasion. Lersuasion.
1: I can't type. Let's go. Um...
0: Trigger warnings for... (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, same. Trigger warnings for misogyny. Yes. Yes that's in there uh physical injury and death of a parent okay yeah there was that. classism oh i knew physical injury but i was like is that a trigger warning and classism so you know look out for all that if it bothers you but um i gave the book a five out of five um i gave the characters a five out of five i gave the plot the plot the plot a 4.5 out of five um and the writing a five out of five um Obviously, I gave the writing a 5 out of 5. Nobody's going to knock it.
1: Good Lord! That's for mine. But. Oh. Sweet oh, Jesus.
0: No. Um, but, yeah, I can see why people were upset with the Netflix adapt- adaptation. Because they changed. I think, honestly, I still like the Netflix adaptation. Just because I love Dakota Johnson. And I think they tried to make it a little bit, like, funnier. Overall, I don't think they did a bad job. They just made it more like a rom-com situation um but I definitely related to Anne like hardcore she was just like trying to live her life she was a little
1: what are you she... doing? I thought I heard dogs barking but it's fine I was like
0: do I have a ghost
1: in my house
0: you might I don't know um <laughs> uh i did relate to Anne. she was kind of, she's very sarcastic very like i'm gonna do whatever i want situation that was nice um at one point this is this might be a small spoiler but it, not really at one point her friend like yeets herself off of the stairs <laughs> because she's trying to get the guy that is courting her i won't say who she's trying to get the guy who is courting her to like catch her in like a romantic way and so she's like i'm gonna jump i'm gonna jump you better catch me and he's like don't jump <laughs> and she does and that's the physical injury because <laughs> she like she breaks a bone or two but it's just kind of like she just yeeted herself off the stairs <laughs> and that happened in the movie too because i remember watching it going i uh, well that was your fault <laughs> You put yourself there. Um, But I was very proud of myself and surprised with how well I grasped it. Because I don't do well with like those classic books with like the old language. Sometimes I struggle. But I actually did pretty good with this one. I knew what was going on. I did well with Pride and Prejudice too. So hopefully as I read through more Jane Austen's, I'll do fine with those. Um, But I did, nobody yell at me. I dog-eared a page. It had a quote on it that I liked. Because I love this quote. I've heard this quote before, and I never knew it came from Persuasion. You pierce my soul. I am half agony, half hope. Uh, I love it. It's the best. But yes, Persuasion, I gave it an overall 5 out of 5. Hallie, next. So the first
1: book on my March wrap-up was a DNF, and I really hate that it was a DNF because I really wanted to like this book, and I know that this author is... Very well liked, especially for her adult books. And that is Gallant by V. E. Schwab.
0: And honestly, if you DNF'd that, she's O for two for me, because I did not like this invisible love Patty Laura. And
1: you know what? I'm actually not the only one that did not like this book. I know that it wasn't that it wasn't the writing that was an issue. I'll get into it. But um, anyways, so the synopsis. <laughs> so All her life, Olivia Pryor has wondered who she truly is and where she belongs. Her only clue is a slim, battered journal, her mother's journal, full of entries that seem to show that she was unraveling and drawings that look like blots of ink, until Olivia notices a hand, a door, a bloom, a skull. Then a letter beckons Olivia home to Gallant, the one place her mother's journal warns her never to go. Olivia goes anyway. Of course she does. What she finds is her last living relative and her family's manor. A manor with a ballroom and a sitting room and a study and a sprawling, vibrant garden and the crumbling ruin of a garden wall with an iron door, a door she must never open. But no one at Gallant sent Olivia that letter. And no one will tell her what haunts her cousin's dreams, what happened to her mother or what lies on the other side of the wall. Did the shadows call Olivia home? What will they ask of her in return? So, whoa. So, to give trigger warnings for this book, and there are a lot that I did not realize, um, we have ableism and ableist language, parental abandonment, child abuse and neglect, mutism, because the main character's mute, nightmares alcoholism implied blood depiction death of a brother by knife violence recounted Jeez. death of a mother and father mentioned death of a cousin on page my god murder knife and sword violence strangulation bullying graphic animal death who
0: wants to read this <laughs> graphic animal death no uh-uh. uh-uh it's a crow it's a crow and a cat apparently no uh, i don't like it when it's household pets Uh, okay so in mind i cried over a fictional baby bird (laughs) let's just keep that in mind continue (laughs) so here's the thing i really wanted to like this book i really
1: did because the summary sounded so good but my biggest issue was that um it just didn't keep me engaged. I was bored while I was reading it. So, I, like, the cover's beautiful. Like, it gave me, like, Stranger Things vibes, considering mm. it's, like... Looks we'll like the upside down. Yeah, that's what it gave me. And I will say, though, while I did enjoy her writing style, I I felt like I was bored. And I, keep, I feel like I'm repeating myself. The pacing was really slow. I will say that. Um... I think I only got like six chapters in. As far as characters go, I really can't give a number considering I DNF'd it. Um, as for plot, I would
0: give it, I would say, I guess let's base it off of like, just off the synopsis, does the plot intrigue you and what on a scale of five?
1: I would give it, I'd say I'd give the plot, I'd say i give the plot a four. Because it sounds really good, but I looked at reviews, because I do that. I looked at other reviews, and I saw people say that the synopsis sounded so good, but it was very simplistic, and there was nothing
0: more to add to it. Oh, so what you read off the synopsis is what you get?
1: Yeah, nothing more. Pretty
0: much. Kind of like those movie trailers, where by the end of the trailer, you're like, okay, I feel like they just showed me the entire movie. Yep. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I just, and here's the thing, V. E. Schwab is a very
1: liked author, especially with her, like, A Darker Shade of Magic trilogy, and um, with her duology that she has, Vicious and Vengeful. But I've seen a lot of her other, like, I've seen a lot of people, I've seen mixed reviews on Gallant, I've seen mixed reviews on The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, I knew that you didn't like it, and now I don't know, I don't know about reviews on her other duology that she has which is this savage song in our dark duet I don't know a lot about that but I feel like what I've seen from a lot of people is that her YA books don't usually land like her adult books do so I don't know um now I will say though the writing I would give it a four and a half out of or a five because her writing style is really almost lyrical in a way it's very it I like her writing style so I definitely think if I give her a darker shade of magic trilogy a try which I have all three and I will give those a try I think I may like those more so I don't know this just wasn't a land for me it was a definite miss I tried to go I tried to go back to it and couldn't
0: yeah, I gave the Invisible Life of Addie LaRue a three. Yeah, you told me. You said it. It felt like a ripoff of The Age of Adeline. I wasn't a fan. It was okay. It wasn't that great. It was yeah cheesy. I knew where it was going. Um, so the next book that I have on my March wrap up is I Choose Myself by Deepti Vinpati. And if you don't know, Deepti was a contestant on Love Is Blind. Um. She got engaged to shake. Uh, this was season two. Um, she got engaged to shake. And when they got down to the end of the aisle, um, basically, if you've not watched the show, they get into these pods and they uh, don't see each other, but they have dates. And then they're supposed to enge- like get engaged, propose if they want to. Um, and then once they're engaged, then they can see each other for the first time. Um, and every couple that's engaged has a wedding, and gets down to the end of the aisle, and then they either say, I do or I don't. Um There's some other stuff in between there, but I won't get into it, because it's kind of crazy. But, basically, they got down to the end of the aisle, and I didn't know what the answer was going to be. Throughout the show, Shake had kind of, like, mentioned that he wasn't attracted to her, and he was kind of, like, very rude about it um and kind of the worst but I didn't know what they were gonna answer I really thought he was gonna say no and she was gonna say yes because they never gave any inkling that she didn't like him and when they got down there she got to give her answer first and she said I do not and then she said I choose myself and I was like blown away um so she wrote this book which is all about that um I'll read you the synopsis just to give you a little bit more Deepthi Manvati is many things, breakout star of Netflix's hit reality dating show, Love is Blind, Indian immigrant, data analyst, daughter, sister, friend, and a symbol of women's empowerment. Deepika captured the hearts of audiences across the globe. Millions watched her utter the now famous words at the altar that became a rallying cry for women everywhere. I'm choosing myself. In this exclusive tell-all book, Deepti pulls back the curtain on the inside world of Love is Blind. She shares never-before-heard details about her relationships inside and outside of the pods. Deepti also reveals her side of the story about what really happened after, after the author. For the first time ever, Deepti shares her personal story. Born in India and immigrating to the USA when she was a child, Deepti struggled with her bicultural identity from feeling caged by societal standards to entering the dating world to gaining and losing 70 pounds to becoming an overnight celebrity. Deepty takes readers on her journey of self-discovery and proves that the most important relationship you can have is with yourself. Um, I will give trigger warnings for bullying and some verbal abuse going on for sure Um, but Um, I gave the book a three out of five. Um, and then for characters, I, that's not really applicable because it's a true story. So you can't really rate real people. Um, and then for plot, I gave it a three and for writing, I gave it a four and a half. Um, really, I think this book... It felt like one of those, like, I feel like you could have told all of this in a podcast episode. Yeah. It didn't feel like it needed to be a book. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Given, like, if you've ever seen the book or if if this ever makes it YouTube and you can see it on camera, it's a very small book. It was, let's see, it was 173 pages. So, could have been told in a podcast episode. Could have been told in an Instagram story. Um... Yeah, I just don't think it had much to offer. Like, it kind of almost, and I loved her on the show, and I've been watching the uh, her and Natalie from season two have a podcast where they're discussing the new season and talking about some behind-the-scenes things. But it almost felt like, I don't know, felt like she was just trying to gain more traction off of everything um because like this her childhood story while it was still very interesting it just didn't feel like I don't know I'm trying to say this without being rude (laughs) um didn't feel like it needed to be told let's put it that way there wasn't anything that significant like I didn't come away from this book feeling like my life had been changed Mm -hmm. um I did I do think if you're not a Love is Blind fan, don't read this book because you're not going to have any interest in it whatsoever. I really think it was only meant for Love is Blind fans cuz she does go into quite some detail about the process and like the interviews they have to go through to get on the show and some other stuff that happened behind the cameras that wasn't talked about or wasn't shown. Um so that was actually that part of the book was actually pretty interesting and I really enjoyed that part. Mostly because it was drama. It was more tea. And Shake was like quite awful to her off camera. Um, but yeah, I just, if you're not a Love is Blind fan, you're not going to have any interest whatsoever. And even as a Love is Blind fan, it was okay. Like I said, it could have been told in the podcast episode. But um. yeah, that's about all I got to say on that one. But the other book... That I read this month. Hallie's laughing because she read the title. Um, no judgment. I got this book. One of my old coworkers had uh, given me a box of books she cleaned out from her basement, and this book was in there. And I wasn't getting rid of it. Um, this is Wild Cats in the House by Steve Russo, um, and this is the spiritual stuff you can get from High School Musical. um let's read the back shall we <laughs> are you ready the wildcats are in the house should i read it like a valley girl no please don't <laughs> you love high school musical with its energetic dances and toe tapping tunes do you want troy and gabriella to be together forever do you think they have what it takes to be the stars of the show or do ryan and sharpay deserve it Are you free to be yourself, or is your school like East High was before Martha revealed she loves hip hop? Hip hop? (laughs) Hip hop? Or Zeke owned up to his love of baking? There's more you can learn from the East High Wildcats than just funky dances and catchy songs. Troy, Gabriella, Sharpe, Chad I don't know why Chad's mentioned randomly instead of Ryan, but okay. Chad and the rest of the gang teach valuable lessons about peer pressure, being yourself. Acceptance and teamwork and wildcats in the house shows you what the Bible has to say about each of these real life situations. You need to be true to yourself and follow your dreams. Remember, <laughs> we're all in this together, but only God can help us bop to the top. I hope Isaac puts that in his next sentence. Okay, listen, what did I just listen to? <laughs> Oh, gosh. I need Isaac that's to say like that a this fan, next sermon. It's like a fan fiction. my God can help you bop to the top. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> uh, I don't, where the, do you start? <laughs> there's no trigger warnings. I mean, if you're not a Christian, don't read it. Really, if you're not religious, don't read it. Because, I mean, I don't know if it was necessarily geared towards Christians. I think it is, though. Um... I gave the book a three out of five (laughs) Um, characters, non-applicable plot was a four out of five writing was a three. Um, so it's not what I was expecting. I think what I expected was it to be like, this is, this happened to Troy and this thing happening to Troy relates back to this story from the Bible where this happened. Like I expected it to be like an in-depth analysis of like Bible stories and verses that directly correlated to the movie. That is not what this book was. This book was like, um, here's lessons you can learn from High School Musical and how it relates to the Bible. So like be yourself. And here's what God says about being yourself. Like it wasn't what I thought, if that makes any sense. If
1: y'all could um, see my face right now.
0: <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying though? Yes. Like I thought it was going to be an in-depth analysis and it was more like yes. here's lessons you can learn and what the Bible says about those lessons. Um, I think it was a good book for, like, I think I aged out of it. Let's put it that way. I think it would be a good book for somebody in high school or junior high. Like somebody in youth would, it would be a good book for them. Honestly, I think I was just too old for it. Um yeah, that's about, that's about all I got. <laughs> it was good. It wasn't. It wasn't what I expected, and I, I think, like I said, I was too old for it. But for somebody younger, I think it would have been fine. because it was like be yourself, and I don't know, a lot of a lot of other things. Steve is the dad, and that Gabby Russo has like little comments throughout the book, and that's his daughter. Um. Yeah, that's all I got, Hallie. You're next. <laughs>
1: Okay, moving along. So the next thing that I read was I finished up Hell's Paradise by Yuji Kaku. Um, I read volumes 8 through 13 and wrapped it up. So the summary is Gabimaru the Hollow is one of the most vicious assassins ever to come out of the ninja village of Iwagakure. He's ruthlessly efficient, but a betrayal results in him being handed a death sentence. He has only one hope. In order to earn his freedom, he must travel to a long-hidden island to recover an elixir that will make the Shogun immortal. Failure is not an option. On this island, heaven and hell are just a hair's breadth away.
0: I don't know how you said those
1: names. <laughs>
0: I can't do it.
1: Practice. <laughs> Anyways... um, Trigger warnings, I would just say... Well, I mean, it says it right on the front. It's <laughs> explicit content. It's just, like, very graphic in terms of monsters
0: and... Okay, I was like, <gasps> what, what area of graphicness? Are we talking smut?
1: No. Okay. <laughs> um, there's just... There's a lot of violence. <laughs> graphic violence. And I will say, to tell you how creepy these monsters and these things are... They are very much like the clickers from The Last of Us. That's what they remind me of. That's how creepy they are. Um, I would say characters, I would give them, I'd say a four and a half, five out of five. Um, Each of them got great, because there's, here's the thing. Not only Gabi Maru is not going to this island alone. There are other criminals that are on, that are also been given this deal, To where, like, if they go to the island and they get the elixir, then they're pardoned from their crimes. And so there's a bunch of other criminals on there. You meet all sorts of different characters, all sorts of different personalities. And they each got development in their own right. Some of them lived longer than others. (laughs) It's very sad. Um, But, yeah, I would definitely say, as for plot, I'd give it a five. The plot was so interesting, like, the world building and the whole thing regarding, like, Tan and Tao and how it all works. There's even, like, other religions that are thrown into it. It all is very interesting, and it makes for a really, really cool world. And I really like how it ends, because it really ends in, like, modern day. So, I would definitely say, um, I'd give, if you're looking for a good dark fantasy manga... Hell's Paradise is up your alley. Um, As for writing, I'm going to put the, I'm going to say writing and artwork because it's majority of it's artwork. Um, I'd give it, I'd say I'd give writing a four and a half and I would give the artwork a five. It's, it's, if you could see the cover, that's so pretty. These are probably, this is probably my favorite series that I have on my manga shelf that is like so aesthetically pleasing because each one of them is a different color, like a different neon color, but the font of Hell's Paradise on the spine, it's the same font, and it's all yellow, it's just, oh, they're so pretty, and they pop on my shelf, that's another reason why I like them, um, but yeah, I would say, yeah, I would give this a five out of five, go read it, the anime comes out this month, and I will be watching, (laughs) please go, please go
0: read it, it's so good, Y'all let us know if you want Hallie to do a manga episode. (laughs) I could rant all day. I won't be able to contribute anything. But we do have one planned at some point, so let us know. I will rant. I guess let's put it this way. You've read a few volumes (sighs) of manga. A few. Read like four volumes of Spy Family, that's it. Um... Let's put it this way. If you guys would like to have a Hallie to do a manga episode, maybe even send in some questions for Hallie. And she can answer some of them. Please do. Um, If you have any questions for me, go ahead. I may not be able to answer them. (laughs) If you ask me what my favorite manga is, I'm probably going to say, well, I've only read one. So that or I might give like the hippo of, well, Avatar The Last Airbender is quite good. (laughs) Um, Also, anything Studio Ghibli. I wish those were actual books. Some of them are, but my Aww. favorites aren't. Spirited Away and Castle in the Sky need to be made into a book. I know they have comics, but it's a- anyway. Um, so, my next book was one I just recently finished. And my gosh, I'm going to have to brag for a hot minute. So, my next book was Realm of Shadows and Flame by B.L. Tally, Y'all, you need to go read this book. If you like high fantasy, you've got to read this book. I'm going to brag on her. We're friends on TikTok and Instagram. Um, this I've, I texted her the day after I finished it and was like, I stayed up till 1.30 in the morning. And I've already said that I go to bed early. So this means a lot. I stayed up till like 1.30 in the morning, finishing this book because I could not put it down. The last 100 pages were wild, but um, let me give you the synopsis. The old gods are dead. Myths and legends of the sun and the moon have circulated for millennia throughout Albion. They were the stories Renata Orion was raised on, but the day Finn Tirich fell from the sky, chosen as the host for the sun god and the new phoenix, those stories became more than just legends. Selected with her friends to train for the Ira diorum, an ancient elite force, Renata, along with her sister and friends, must face the king's trials and question where their loyalties truly lie. As they continue their journey together, secrets are uncovered, lies are told, and betrayal lurks around the corner. Renata must make a decision on who to trust and what to believe. Are the legends truly just stories told at bedtime or is Renata dimmed to repeat the fate of the past? And then there's a little tag. I followed their rules and they called me complacent. I broke them and they murdered my friend. But one thing they'll never call me is weak. Oh, it was so good. It is book one in the court of infinite series. I'm not sure how many she's going to have. I know she's got a second one coming out. Um, that she announced on tiktok i'm not sure if it's gonna be a trilogy or not i need to ask her but my gosh it was so good there is trigger warnings um oh there's something else to mention but let me trigger warning um it has in the front of the book. while this book is a fictional work it comes from deeply personal experiences and depicts heavy amounts of emotional abuse and self-loathing. The main character deals with a lot of grief and the loss of those close to her. There is also mention of attempted sexual assault. This book contains mature content and occasional swearing and it is intended for, a mature, for more mature readers. Please note that if you are triggered by the above or are not in the safe headspace to read content about the above triggers, please know that I value your mental health and do not recommend reading this book. That should tell you... <laughs> That should tell you how emotionally distraught I was throughout this book. Also, one really cool thing that she does have in here is she made a curated book playlist to listen to while you read the book. And I did so. Every time I was reading it, I listened to the playlist. And it made the last 100 pages extremely stressful. (laughs) So good. So those were your trigger warnings. Um, Like she said, there was all that mentioned. And there is actually a chapter... There's a chapter towards the end. Um, it's chapter 33 that she does have in there. Please be aware that this chapter contains mention of a si- attempted sexual assault. If this triggers you or believe it may trigger you, please skip this chapter. So she does have in there, like, which chapter it is, um, which I thought was really, like, thoughtful to read to readers because I've never seen a book do that. No, I've never seen one do that either. So I thought that was interesting. And I thought it was interesting that you could skip the chapter. So it's like a bonus chapter in a way, I guess. Um, But I gave the book a 4.8 out of 5. Um, I gave the characters a 5, the plot a 4.5, and the writing a 4.8. So she is self-published, which is really, really cool. Uh, We would love to have her on the podcast at some point to talk about that process and just about the book in general. Um, But the very first chapter started with Crazy, And the very first chapter, the very first page, Finn, who is the reincarnation of the Phoenix, dies. (laughs) Because I started this book going, what? (laughs) Um, Because he just, he dies. And then he's reborn, essentially. But I didn't know that. And I was like, well, we're starting off with a bang. Somebody's already dead. Um, Calix is our morally gray man in this book. love him he kind of gave me Cardan vibes i'm gonna gonna be honest here um but he was nice honestly there i've gotten so good at figuring this stuff out at this point because when she introduces him as jet black hair that spills like ink over his face i was like okay well you're our morally gray character that's easy um I really liked the friend group. So it was Imran, Cade, Archer, Sky, Senna, and Renata. Renata is the main character. Uh, Archer is her sister. And I'm not going to lie at all when I say that I pictured Hallie as Archer the entire time I read this book. Something about her. I was like, she reminds me of Hallie. And I pictured you when I read her. When she was in the book, I pictured your face.
1: Really? Yes. That's her name is archer
0: not to be too on the nose and it does mention like that's what she was it's funny that renata mentions it's funny that her name is archer because she's actually like super skilled with a bow and arrow (laughs) but i i just i don't know why i was just like she just gives reminds me of hallie i don't know that's weird so when you read it you can picture yourself as archer (laughs) um but the friend group was really cool i really liked it um it, I told Hallie, it gave me, like, it was Hunger Games meets Throne of Glass, for sure. The King's Trials, and just, like, some of the major themes that were going on. Some stuff really strongly reminded me of the Hunger Games. Other stuff really strongly reminded me of Throne of Glass. Was very much that vibe. Um, Finn was on my ever-loving nerves throughout the majority of the books. Um, I did not like him. Um, Also, like, I just have so much PTSD from these main male characters. He gave me, I'm not saying he did what Tamlin did, but he gave me Tamlin vibes. And I was like, you need to get up on out of here, Finn. Because I'm not doing it. There's just something about him. I was like, you have red flags written all over you, my fella. I didn't like it. Um, The number of times I yelled at and dropped this book. The last 100 pages, I dropped that book probably 20 times onto my bed and yelled at the invisible cameraman. <laughs> Several times. Um, also, the, so I gave it a 4.8 because I felt like the ending moved a little fast and I felt like she could have drawn it out a little bit more. I, and it may have just been the way I was reading it. Like I said, I had the playlist playing and so like I was reading really fast and I was like in the zone. But I feel like she could have drawn it out a little bit more. Maybe gave in some more, like, descriptions. But the last 100 pages was absolutely bonkers. And I screamed, cried, raged, sobbed, all in 100 pages. So good luck. Hallie's planning to read it eventually. Yeah. So good luck to that. Um, but, yeah, overall, fantastic book. I was so proud of Brit for writing that. I was wow um so I can't wait for the second one but yes that's all I got Hallie okay
1: so my next book is For the Wolf by Hannah Witten this is the first book in the Wilderwood duology and I actually found out that the author of this book lives in Tennessee I think she she lives in Knoxville I think I wonder if she'll be at the Taylor Swift concert. (laughs) So start off with this synopsis. So as the only second daughter born in centuries, Red has one purpose to be sacrificed to the wolf in the Wilderwood in hope in the hope he'll return the world's captured gods. Red is almost relieved to go plagued by a dangerous power. She can't control. She knows that at least in the Wilderwood, she can't hurt those she loves again. But the legends lie. The wolf is a man, not a monster. Morally gray? Continue. (laughs) Her magic is a calling, not a curse. And if she doesn't learn how to use it, the monsters the gods have become will swallow the Wilderwood and her world whole. And like, oh gosh, where was it?
0: I'm gonna need to read this. So
1: like, I'll tell you what it is. And there's even something on the back. The first daughter is for the throne. The second daughter is for the wolf.
0: When I tell you, you need to read this book. Oh my gosh. Do I smell a morally gray male character? A kind, I'll talk about it. Um. So I
1: was not expecting to like this book as much as I did. But anyways, I'll get into it. So there are trigger warnings. So... The first one is self-harm for magic use, Um, blood, parent neglect, emotional abuse, general violence, moderate, what's a better word for moderate, mild, I would say, sexual content, and religious trauma. So there's a lot going on. Um, I loved this book. It gave me all the feels. Oh, man. Um, I will say... the Deckled Edges. It does. Mom hates Deckled Edges. I love she, Deckled Edges. She, she picks this up and she goes, this looks really interesting. So you can probably think by the summary that this is a Little Red Riding Hood retelling. It kind of pulls a bait and switch. It's more of a Beauty and the Beast retelling than anything because there's a certain instance where a mirror gets involved and if you can look in the mirror and see what you want to see.
0: It's it definitely uh, like pulled the hood over your eyes
1: of i was like this is a beauty of the beast retelling <laughs> but i'm not mad at it like it was really good um a court of Thorns and roses was beating the beast retelling and it did not do as much it did not do as much justice as yes, this was this was way better this was a way better of course beauty and the beast retellings are like the basis of fantasy
0: but really though sarah said oh you think it's a beauty of the beast retelling let me, let me flip it on the end there.
1: Yeah, she kind of pulled a bait and switch too. Um, as for characters, I would give them, I'd say about a four, four and a half. The only reason why they're not a five is because of some of these names. Like, the main character's name, well, she goes by Red, but her real name, her full name is Redaris, R-E-D-A-R-Y-S, which, I mean, it sounds cool. It's not bad. Um, and then you've got another character. His name is Fife. F-I-F. You texted me that and I was like, <laughs> I kind of like that. Fife. I mean, it's it, cute. it serves him just, <laughs> he, cracked me up. I loved the world building. This world is so freaking cool. Um, it does jump back and forth between the, with Red and her sister back in the kingdom. And that whole plot line was really interesting. So it's kind of dual POV, but not really. Um, but yeah, the world building in this was so cool, especially with like how the magic works. I will admit, was very confused on how the magic works, but I kind of figured it out. Um, so it, it takes you a minute to figure out the magic aspect. Um, this book kept me hooked from beginning to the end. I stayed up until about almost one or two o'clock in the morning, finishing this book. Because, I love
0: those books.
1: Oh my gosh. It was so good. I will be getting the next book because it's already out. Ooh. And oh man, oh man, it is, That does something really good. I am might have to pick that one up. Oh, please do it. No, oh, you won't regret it. Mom, mom said to let her know how it goes. And then she would read it. I was like, Oh yeah. Will she though? She hates deckled edges. Yeah, she does. Um, but yeah, like, oh, it's just so good. I was not expecting to like this as much. Um, plot, I would give it a five. I would definitely give it a five. I was very intrigued with the plot, especially like the last like 100 or so chapters. It was like you. I was rolling around on my bed, throwing curses at the ca- invisible cameraman. I was like very stressed out and was wanting i thought for a solid second that we were not going to get a happy ending but we somewhat did somewhat um in terms of the romance aspect they're still together but yeah that was yeah um as for writing i would give it i'd give it a four and a half it was really good um i've been running into a lot of books that have had really good writing recently just not as good plots i'm looking at you gallant um but yeah overall i would give this book a five out of five gave me everything i wanted in fantasy all the feels had me kicking and screaming solid what's your next book
0: my next one is chain of gold by cassandra clare and holly it might be a little bit surprised by this i did see your review i loved this book
1: (laughs) i saw your review
0: I absolutely loved this book. So the first time I ever read it, I I read it, like, physically. Um, and I couldn't really get into it. But honestly, I think I went in with false premises. Because I think, like, when I went into it, I was like, oh, if Lucy and Matthew don't end up together, I'm going to rant. But then I was mad whenever the love triangle sprung up. Pretty much a love triangle sprung up between Matthew, Cordelia, and James because I was like, no. But this time around, I went in knowing that and I listened to it on audiobook and I was hooked. I was so into this book. I caught things I didn't catch before the first time and I was like deeply invested in Lucy's like other relationship that she had going on. And then I was deeply invested in this love triangle. But also, if Cordelia and James don't stay together forever, I'm just going to burn the whole world to the ground. <laughs> um, and I will say, I think it made a difference listening to it. Because I have stated that with historical fiction, I have a very hard time getting into books with this, that are historical fiction because I can't picture it in my head. But with audiobook, I could. Mm -hmm. so it's almost like listening to it I can picture it a little bit better um so I'm currently listening to Chain of Iron but let me redo the synopsis this is a hefty book thanks look at that beautiful she does have really good artwork I will always give that to Cassandra Clare like the person who does her artwork so good. um this is very hard to read oh my gosh horrible font okay Um, An inheritance of shadows, a love in chains, an unconquerable foe. Cordelia Carstairs is a shadow hunter, a warrior trained since childhood to battle demons. When her father is accused of a terrible crime, she and her brother travel to London in hopes of preventing the family's ruin. Cordelia's mother wants to marry her off, but Cordelia is determined to be a hero rather than a bride. Soon Cordelia encounters childhood friends, James and Lucy Harrendale, and is drawn into their world of glittering ballrooms, secret assignations, and supernatural salons, where vampires and warlocks mingle with mermaids and magicians. All the while, she must hide her secret love for James, who is sworn to marry someone else. But Cordelia's new life is blown apart when a shocking series of demon attacks devastate London. These monsters are nothing like those that shadow hunters have fought before. These demons walk in daylight, strike down the unwary with incurable poison, and seem impossible to kill. London is immediately quarantined, trapped in the city. Cordelia's friends discover that a dark legacy has gifted them with incredible powers and now forces a beautiful. I'm sorry. And now forces a brutal choice that will reveal the true cruel price of being a hero. So, if you guys have read the Infernal Devices, this takes uh, place pretty much right after that. Jim is a, you know, silent brother. He's in it. And then we have Will and Tessa and their kids... And so Lucy and James are Will and Tessa's kids. And Will and Tessa are in it pretty heavily. Um, There's quite a few times that Will is drunk (laughs) and singing Celtic songs. And I'm just like, seems about right. Um, So trigger warnings, I would give um, alcoholism, gore, grief, loss of loved one, manipulation, a miscarriage, uh, sexism, and trauma. Okay. so I gave the book a 5 out of 5. I gave the characters a 5 out of 5. Plot a 5 out of 5. And writing a 5 out of 5. Listen, I used to be a Cassandra Clare stan. And I think she rallied me back in with this one. Um, so I would like to... Magnus is in it for a brief moment. <laughs> I love him so much. Um, so at the end of the book, I won't say what happens, but a lot of crazy things happen. And he's come into town... to help with the situation that's going on but basically they solve that and the last like 50 pages of the book are crazy and something else happens to kind of like lead you into the second book but one of the last lines is Magnus saying maybe I should stick around for this this might get interesting and then he goes maybe I should send for my cat and I love magnus with all my heart and soul the fact that he was not planning to stay there but now drama is happening he's like hmm i want to find out what happens i'm gonna stick around and be a little fly on the wall i just love him he lives for the tea he lives for the drama um i was way more invested than the first time around and all these characters like i was just really glued on to the story and i wasn't the first time um i love the love triangle you know we're bringing it back we had Will and Tessa and Jim. So now we've got Cordelia and James and Matthew. This one was really interesting because it has a lot of ghosts. And none of the others really had ghosts that I could remember. It's because London is so freaking haunted. Um, Lucy and James are able to see ghosts. So that's really I hate cool. Hate to have that ability. So that's really cool. Um, but Lucy, like, they have like a house, like a. What is it? What they have an institution ghost mm-hmm. that lives there. I won't say who in case people haven't read the Infernal Devices. Somebody dies in the Infernal Devices and they're now a ghost at the institute. Um, so they can see them and then like Lucy befriends a ghost. Wink wink. Um some drama happening there. Um, and then you know, like I said, lots of Will and Tessa. We get some gem in there jim plays the violin in the beginning of chain of iron and i was like oh jim cut that violin back out boy and yeah the audiobook made it easier for me to picture it in my head i think um just because i was listening to it and not having to like focus on the words and the on the page and picture it um which i think it's interesting that like in this they talk about how demons aren't supposed to be able to walk in the daylight but didn't they walk in the daylight in the moral instruments Or am I crazy? I think so. I think they
1: can walk in the day.
0: Which, and vampires can't. That may be due to the events that are going to take place in the last hours. But I always thought they did. I never knew that was a thing. Let's put it that way. I never knew that was a thing. It may
1: be like there's something that happens. That's
0: what I'm saying. In last hours that allows them to, I guess, mutate and walk in the daylight. I I don't know. Something must happen. But there's not a lot of... um, downworlder characters in this I will say um it's mostly shadow hunters um you know Tess is a warlock and all that jazz but not a whole lot of downworlders more focused on shadow hunters in this one but it was so good and I'm I'm like super excited to read the rest of trilogy and I surprised myself by saying that because I did not like this series to begin with and I just was really falling out of the Shadow Hunter series for, so for me to like like this says a lot. Um, but yeah, have you read the last hours at all? I think you would like it. you not, liked the infernal devices I've so not even like read
1: this. I've not even read the I've not even finished the dark artifices.
0: Well, you don't have to this is, no you liked the infernal devices, so I think you would like this.
1: I feel like for me, anytime I read a Cassandra Clare book, as soon as
0: I was done with it, I'd go into a horrible reading slump and wouldn't finish. Well, I did too when I first read that. So I suggest getting it on Libby and listening to it. Probably. The next book that I have is When
1: Stars Come Out by Scarlett St. Clair. It's the same author who wrote the Touch of Darkness
0: series that you read. Yeah, the first one was really good second and third one were a little disappointing but well get
1: ready for this one (laughs) so um to give you the summary so Honora silby can see the dead and turn spirits into gold coins two things she would prefer to keep secret as she tries to lead a normal life at her new school after all she didn't change her identity for nothing but hiding her weirdness is just one of many challenges By the end of her first day, she's claimed the soul of a dead girl on campus and lost her coin. Turns out the coin gives others the ability to steal souls, and when a classmate ends up dead, there's no mistaking the murder weapon. For Honora, navigating the loss of her papa, the mistrust of her mother, the attention of gorgeous and enigmatic shy, and the gossip from an anonymous student app threatening to expose her are hard enough. Now she must find the person who stole her coin before more lives are lost, but that means making herself a target for the Order, an organization that governs the dead, and they want Anora and her powers for themselves. So, for trigger warnings, um, there is suicide, there's mention of self-harm, and grief. So, that tells you this book deals with a lot of stuff associated with the dead. Um, I will, okay, um... To give you my overall rating of this book, I gave it a 3.5 out of 5. Um, While it what it very much reminded me when I was reading this of like early 2000 or like 2010 paranormal romance, like Fallen or Mortal Instruments. I was about to say it sounds like Fallen. It oh. is. Uh, well, there is a certain thing that happens in this book that deals with reincarnation. It gave me Fallen vibes. Reincarnation. Where um this for the this is a retelling on the myth of Eurydice, which I'm not explaining it. Um, and while it <laughs> while it was interesting, but yeah, it definitely when I was reading it, it gave me like early 2000 2000. It gave me Fallen vibes, even though I've never read Fallen. That's what it gave me. I read
0: Fallen. I
1: because well, um. I was not a huge fan of the writing style. Like, I don't know if this is her writing style in all of her books. That's why I fell out of
0: the last two books, because the writing style, I couldn't do it.
1: I don't know if that's her writing style in all the books, but it was not my favorite. Uh, I mean, I was still, I was still interested, but the writing style, it wasn't great for me. And normally when I read books, I usually get attached to at least like one or two characters. I was not attached to a single character in this book. Hmm. Nobody, nobody really stood out to me. Shy very much was like your typical paranormal romance, love interest. He's got wings. Like he can the there's a race of people called the Valrin, and they can shift into ravens.
0: <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> really don't like this it really like feels like it was stolen from lauren kate to write fallen
1: yeah and like it's obvious that Honora and shy get together and there's like this whole thing where like it's he can't stand to be away from her like there's something that pulls him towards her i don't vibe no don't vibe.
0: <laughs> it was very i was like what in the fallen was it smutty because no the second, that's the one of the main reasons I really didn't like the third book of the um, Touch of Darkness series was because the same reason that we didn't like the third from Blood Nash, or the fourth from Blood Nash, because pure, or, yeah, it was the third one. It was the third one. Pure smut. And I was just, I was listening to it at no, the time. I was listening was to no, the audiobook and I was I like, don't I do not think
1: I don't think there was a single smut scene in this book. Of course, guaranteed, the characters in this are like 16, so... Course, that doesn't stop. Some authors don't care. (laughs) No, I it was very predictable for me. Like, I knew who the villain was, I knew it was very predictable. Like, from the very first moment, there's like one character, she's the villain, and I'm like, okay, well, you're the bad guy. I just know it because of the way you act and the way you talk. It mm
0: -mm. It, also, you saying they're only 16, allow me to introduce you to a little book series called Twilight. (laughs) This also
1: reminded me Yikes. of Twilight, so yeah. Anyways, um, I think it had some cool ideas, like the whole thing with her, like being able to turn spirits into gold coins. That's a cool idea. That is cool. It's a cool I concept. I just feel like I wanted more. And honestly, I will say though, if the care this would have been way better if the characters were aged up to like eighteen, maybe even their early twenties. I feel like that could have been way better. But yeah, overall, it was good. It just wasn't great. Then I was just like, yeah, I can see why she's, this author is
0: de- very divisive. Can I just say that I'm really proud of you for having this many books to talk about this month? <laughs> <laughs> I still got one more. I was just looking over and I was like, wow, Hallie really read a lot this month. I'm so proud.
1: Yes. Um, yeah. Overall, 3.5 out of 5 good not great moving on
0: <sighs> we're ending that on a high is. note yes so my gosh i saved the best for last ladies and gentlemen this so was I. my march pick for my book bracket for 2023 um daisy jones and the Six by taylor jenkins Reid. everybody oh my gosh okay so let me give a little bit of a rundown Let's just get set the tone a little bit. I read this book in like two days and had it finished the night of. So the show dropped on that day. I finished the book that night at 10 o'clock and then proceeded to watch the first three episodes of the show. That's how dedicated I was. What? Fast forward. I finished the show. And I cried. <laughs> I watched it in my movie room downstairs, and I spent the last five minutes of it on my feet, sobbing tears. It was not pretty. Because the show did the one thing I was really hoping it would do. I might get into that a little bit here in a minute. But let me give you the synopsis of Daisy Jones and the Six. Okay. Everyone knows Daisy Jones in the Six. The band's album Aurora came to define the rock and roll era of the late 70s, and an entire generation of girls wanted to grow up to be Daisy. But no one knows the reason behind the group's split on the night of their final concert at Chicago Stadium on July 12, 1979, until now. Daisy is a girl coming of age in L.A. in the late 60s. Sneaking into clubs on the Sunset Strip, sleeping with rock stars, and dreaming of singing at the Whiskey-a-Go-Go. The sex and drugs are thrilling, but it's the rock and roll she loves the most. By the time she's 20, her voice is getting noticed, and she has the kind of heedless beauty that makes people do crazy things. Also getting noticed is The Six, a band led by the brooding Billy Dunn. On the eve of their first tour, his girlfriend, Camilla, finds out she's pregnant, and with the pressure of impending fatherhood and fame, Billy goes a little wild on the road. Daisy and Billy cross paths when a producer realizes that the key to supercharged success is to put the two together. What happens next will become the stuff of legend. The making of that legend is chronicled in this riveting and unforgettable novel, written as an oral history of one of the biggest bands of the 70s. Taylor Jenkins Reid is a talented writer who takes her work to a new level with Daisy Jones and the Six, brilliantly capturing a place and time in an utterly distinctive voice. Let me tell you about this book. I was a wreck the entire time I read it. So the book is written in an interview style. So it's written like you're reading something out of Rolling Stone or like you're watching a documentary. Um, So it's all told from the band members' points of view, um, retelling you the story of what happened, how they got there, all that stuff. Um, So that was really cool. It really did feel like I was reading something out of Rolling Stone, which I really liked. Um, But just to kind of give you some trigger warnings, um, abortion, alcohol abuse, anxiety, cheating, depression, drug use, and abuse, eating disorder, pregnancy, profanity, and self-harm. Basically everything you would expect out of a book about a rock and roll band in the 70s. Um, but yeah, I got really attached to these characters' lives, like so super attached, because the way that it's written, it did almost kind of convince you like, oh, this is real people. This really happened. This is real life. Um I will say it got very emotional at several points of the book. Um, I loved the 70s vibes of the whole thing, especially when it got time for the show. I was vibing. A lot of people were disappointed with the lack of 70s fashion, but I think that the fashion was great, and honestly, it was realistic. Everybody was kind of expecting these like super 70s outfits, but people didn't dress like that on the daily in the 70s um so it was like simple things like a bell bottom jeans and Daisy would wear those like crocheted crop tops that like tie in the middle with the bell sleeves so like it was realistic stuff and I loved her outfits all the time she would wear those big fur jackets I loved it um Like I said, I got really attached. Um, It felt like reading something out of Rolling Stone. The ending was so emotional and I sobbed reading the book and I sobbed even harder watching the show. Um, So speaking of the show, while they did change a few things, I was okay with the changes because since the book was written in an interview style, it didn't really feel like they changed anything. More like they're showing you what happened versus like the book is just their retelling. So technically their retelling could be wrong or they could be holding something back. Mhm. So, I was I was okay with the changes. Um the music that was made for the show was phenomenal and I love the album. I listen to it all the time. It's so Fleetwood Mac, it's so 70s and I vibe every time. My favorite song is um what's it called? It just left my brain. Let me down easy. Oh, I was trying to think like little did you know or something like that. But no, Um, my favorite song is um, let me down easy. I love that song. Um, But yeah, the music was so good too, because the cast like went to a band camp to learn to play music and to learn to play together. So all the songs you hear are actually them. Singing cool. and performing. That's pretty so cool. That was really cool. Um, Daisy Jones, the girl who plays her, is literally Elvis's granddaughter. <laughs> so you can't go wrong there. Um, she was great. She had a really good voice. She said this is the first thing she's ever, like, done singing-wise. And I'm like, how? How did you get away with that? Because um, she's great. Like, her voice is beautifully. She makes it seem so freaking effortless it's annoying (laughs) um but yeah the casting was perfect I think they had the most perfect cast everyone was exactly how I pictured them um like I said very Fleetwood Mac vibes which funnily they mentioned that uh, I was watching some behind the scenes stuff the studio where they recorded the where they were recording, like, the album and stuff in the show, that's the same studio that Fleetwood Mac recorded Rumors in, and that they made, um, Riley, who plays Daisy, they made her a bracelet, that is an exact replica of a bracelet that uh, Stevie Nicks used to wear all the time, so they definitely picked up on the Fleetwood Mac vibes, um, it was amazing, like, honestly, so, I'll give like a snippet without giving anything away. The whole time throughout the book, there is this very, like, there's a tension between Billy and um, Daisy. They're very drawn to each other. They are definitely like an enemies to situation waiting to happen. Like you could just, you're just waiting on it. And I remember, <laughs> I would never advocate for this ever but I remember reading the book going if they don't have an affair at some point I'm gonna be so mad (laughs) because I was rooting for them so hard um I gave the book a five out of five characters a five plot a five writing a five I loved it it was definitely my March pick and it might be my 2023 pick it's gonna be very hard to talk last Hallie so um
1: the last book that I read in March was actually a reread for me, and that is Furyborn by Claire Legrand. This is the first book in the Imperium Trilogy. Um, the reason this is a reread is because I read this years ago. Well, not years ago. It came out in 2018. Um, and I loved it. And then I started Kingsbane. And I guess when I started Kingsbane, I was still in a reading slump, and I- f- didn't finish it and i was regretted that to this day because i loved Furyborn. but we'll get into that so um i don't know if you have you read Furyborn. born nope okay <laughs> well you need to so it's on my shelf um two young women centuries apart hold the power to either save their world or doom it when assassins ambush her best friend the crown prince Riel dardenne risks everything to save him exposing her ability to perform all seven kinds of elemental magic the only people who should possess this power are a pair of prophesized queens a queen of light and a queen of blood to prove she is the sun queen Riel must endure seven trials to test her magic if she fails she will be executed unless the trials destroy her first a thousand years later the legend of Queen Riel is a mere fairy tale to bounty hunter Eliana Faracora. When the Undying Empire conquered her kingdom, she embraced violence to keep her family safe. Now she believes herself untouchable until her mother vanishes. To find her, Eliana joins a rebel captain on a dangerous mission and discovers that the evil at the heart of the Empire is more terrible than she ever imagined. As Riel and Eliana fight in a cosmic war that spans millennia, Their stories intersect and the shocking connections between them will ultimately determine the fate of their world and of each other. So good. Um, To give trigger warnings, um, because I had to look them up because I knew there was probably some. um, There is abduction, animal cruelty. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why? Child abuse, death, death of a parent, gore, kidnapping, sexual abuse, non-graphic, sexual content, slavery, torture, and violence. Is it bad to say I can put up with all of that? But animal, but cruelt. animal cruelty. Oh, I know. There's a certain instance that happens where I was like, I didn't need
0: to know that, but no, made me sad. This is why I've never watched I Am Legend. <laughs> I refuse. And also uh, I've never watched Old Yeller. I read Old Yeller in fourth grade. You can imagine
1: how well that. (laughs) Anyways, um, as for ratings in terms of characters and plot and writing, fives across the board. Oh, it was this. I forgot how much I loved this book when I picked it back up and started reading it. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to fly through this because I flew through it the first time. And there was, I remembered some major details, like, from when I read it the first time, but I didn't remember everything. So it was really cool to go back and refresh my memory, and I kind of needed it because I forgot a lot of stuff. Um, not only do you have one, but two morally gray female main characters. We love that. There is also more, quite a few morally
0: gray men. Um, I don't know why, But the way that it was, the synopsis is delivered, it really gives me Rain vibes, which was the TV show about Mary Queen of Scots. I don't know why, but I'm getting straight up Rain vibes.
1: I feel like Riel especially gives me Mary Queen of Scots vibes. So you may love her. Um, I forgot. Jimmy clearly agrees. (laughs) I forgot. I would. Okay. You done? He's just, I don't know what he's doing. I would die for Simon. <laughs> I loved Simon. I forgot how much I love him. His story is really freaking cool. His whole character arc is fabulous. <laughs> I love him so much. He's very sarcastic. He is sarcastic. So, mm, man, oh man. Um, I also forgot, like, the world building is really cool. And very unique. Like, yeah, there's the element stuff, which you see in other books. But there's, like, there's angels. There's wraiths. There's, like, all sorts of crazy stuff. And I like, um, it's not just the regular elements, like, water, earth, fire, air. There's, like, water, earth, fire, air, um, light, shadow, and, like, metal. Like, it's super cool. It's very much Avatar The Last Air, but interesting. Interesting yeah it's really
0: really cool um, it deserves some hype it go read fury born please do most of my book recommendations i see on tiktok anymore are like people are like if you like a lot of smut read these and i'm like I, and i don't like a lot of smut so what do i need no. to read yeah yeah that's all i've
1: got five out of five great fan freaking tastic
0: yes so that was our march wrap ups um so yeah we hope you guys enjoyed you know listening to our thoughts on these books if you have any questions comments thoughts concerns whatever um leave them in the comments um on our instagram page or tiktok or i don't know if you can leave them on wherever you're listening but if you can leave them there too um you know do all that rate five stars and subscribe and all that jazz um the obvious must-dos um but yeah next week we're going to be talking about young adult versus new adult genres um so stay tuned for that and i think that's everything um be sure to give us a follow on our social media at family fiction podcast um we are on instagram and tiktok for as long as tiktok is still around (laughs) um and then our personal socials are also linked below so be sure to check those out um but we hope you guys enjoyed listening to this week's episode um you know let us know what you guys read this month or if you read any of these this month or if you had thoughts on the books that we read but yeah i think that's about it yep So, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye.